Jones. Oh, my goodness. is putting with the flag in this is your second episode so putting with the flag in pga tour talk and more i'm your host nick olds my co-host ryan hurley he's gone mia haven't talked to the kid in about a week we uh, agreed on about a weekly podcast but there's way too much news that has just happened in this past week since about last thursday to where if i leave it there will be just way too much to talk about we won't be able to fit it in so I decided I'm going to go rogue with my first ever solo pod. Uh, I kind of hate hearing just my voice for so long, but that's what it is. So if you're thinking, hey, why should I listen to Nick Olds talk about golf? Um, I eat, sleep, breathe golf. Pretty good player. I don't have the best looking swing, so don't take swing advice from me. Actually, I do. Whatever. But... I get all my stats from PGATour.com, Golf Digest, Golf Channel. I mainly stick to those. Um, I might float over to Golf.com, maybe. Maybe CBS Sports for different stats. But other than that, I like to stick on... uh, I like to really stick to those three main ones. So all of my stuff coming from credible sources. And then other than that, it's just my reaction to things that have happened, my opinion. You didn't ask for it, but I'm going to give it. So whether you like listening to it because it makes you pissed off, like you think I'm such an idiot, go ahead and listen for that reason. I don't care. If you love my opinions and you agree with them, listen for that. If you just want to hear some news about the PGA Tour and golf itself, it's another great reason to listen. We'll have all the main subjects, main topics in the week, basically the hottest news. But other than that, there is really no reason to listen. So if you don't want any of those things, get the hell out. If not, I'm very happy you're here. So first, I want to say we are sponsored by The Basement Podcast. Basement hosted by hosts Jake, Sean, and Nick take you through everyday news, everyday topics. They try and be funny. They're usually not. Go ahead and give it a listen. It's a great podcast just to listen to for the hell of it. Right after you're done with putting with the flag in, PGA Tour, and more golf podcast. So first, we got to get to uh, the Waste Management Open Phoenix Open recap. As you definitely know by now, Ricky Fowler, he gutted it out. He won ugly. It was probably really tough for a lot of people to watch at times. I mean, you had all the commotion on 11, which we will talk about. But not only that, everybody was choking. I mean, everyone. There wasn't a person in. Let's check the leaderboard here. But I want to say that the lowest round of the day was four under. So here's what happened. You had three days of perfect weather that was incredible scoring position, scoring conditions. And then out of nowhere, um, out of nowhere it gets a little rainy, a little cold compared to the last days. Compared to uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where guys were kind of just going off. Let's take a look at the leaderboard here. 
So of the players who finished in the top ten, the lowest final round was three under, which is not great at the stadium course. The, I mean, compared to that, guys were going six, seven under. If you weren't going at least five under, you were kind of off the pace. So ten under was T10 for the week. And 17 under won it. Ricky Fowler went three over in his final round. And so here's the thing with Ricky Fowler. He is the most marketable guy on tour. Everybody loves him. There's not a single person who said one bad thing about Ricky Fowler, but he's got a lot of haters in the golf world because they see him on every other commercial, and he's only won five times on tour just after this Sunday. So before, it was only four wins on tour. So that put him below people like... Bubba Watson is one way more than him. You had guys like John Rahm sneaking up. Uh, Kuchar. Kuchar's been around forever, though, so that that's not a really great one. But, yeah, I mean, you just had guys that don't get nearly as much attention as Ricky Fowler, who had won as many times as Ricky Fowler. So he quickly got passed up by his buddies, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and he was taking a lot of flack for it, but... Part of the problem is he's blown five 54-hole leads. And that kind of feeds into the narrative that Ricky Fowler can't finish. Now, I will be the first to say it's incredibly hard to win on tour. You saw just the week before this at the Desert Classic. Um, was it the Desert Classic? I forget. Whatever the week before this was, Gary Woodland had the lead pretty much wire to wire and Xander Shoffley goes out to shoot 11 under beats him with a 64 like that's just the kind of thing that can happen with the competition on the PGA Tour and sometimes guys can't be held accountable they shoot a very good final round like a steady four under or something and they just get beat because sometimes you just get beat but Ricky has blown some most notably the uh, 2018 Waste management fees are not 18. Most notably, he didn't have a 54-hole lead, but he did blow the lead on a Sunday and basically lose the tournament based on two terrible swings at hole 17. So 17, if you don't know, at the stadium course in Phoenix is where it's a short par 4 drivable and everything runs off into this little pond in the left by the green. So Ricky hit the ball in the water in 17 on regu- during regulation and also in the playoff with uh, Hideki Matsuyama. So that one really stung. That's the one where he broke down in the... He broke down talking to the media about the loss. And I'll just I'll play that for you here real quick. Because, I mean, it's how can you not have been rooting for the guy this week when you look back at this? The hard part is having, you know, all my friends and family and um, grandpa and my dad who haven't seen me win. So, but I'll be able to kind of hang with them tonight. So I'll be all right. But with how good I'm playing, I know I can win. So that's the hard part. So there you heard it. That's the heartbreak he's felt at this Waste Management Open, and just one of the times he didn't close the lead. The, he had, he proves a point. He's 
in 16, this was two years ago, or three years ago now, but he proved a great point that everybody knows he is by far better than he performs. That's why he gets this narrative, oh, Ricky can't close, that has to be it. But I think this was a great showing of him maybe getting over that hump just because of how poorly he played. So conditions weren't great, and it's not easy to play with the lead. You can't be as aggressive as the guys that are chasing. They have nothing to lose. But what I really want to talk about is the mental toughness Ricky Fowler showed down the stretch because that is by far the only thing that holds this guy back. He's got one of the best swings on tour. He can work it both ways. He's got a very reliable cut. He hits it plenty far, and he's composed almost all of the time. But what we've noticed is that on Sunday is when he's the least composed of all of it, all of his rounds that he plays on tour, especially Sunday playing with the lead. However, this Sunday was different. This Sunday, the universe threw every bad break they could at this guy. I mean, it was terrible. And the triple bogey at 11, <laughs> unbelievable. I have no idea how he kept his calm because I don't think there's another golfer on tour who wouldn't have shown any frustration the way that Ricky Fowler did. So let me paint the picture for you. If you haven't seen it, you have to go look it up. It's unbelievable. Ricky Fowler hits a poor drive, tries to get on the green. He ends up a little bit short, so he's got a short chip. And I don't know what happened here, and we really won't ever know because no one asks him about the chip. But he chips it, and either he catches a little bit thin, it doesn't chuck up like he thinks, and it rolls down the curtain of the green into the water. So we all know that's a penalty. And a lot of people were, a lot of the commentators were wondering why he doesn't just play it from the spot of the penalty, which is an option with any water hazard. You can replay the shot from where you were, he would have replayed the chip, and he would have been hitting five. He hits three in the water, four out, chipping for five. Chipping for bogey, whatever. You, you get it up and down, and you only made a double. Maybe even you chip it in, you sneak out of there with bogey. But what Ricky decides to do, which, I mean, everything's hindsight, so, or hindsight is twenty twenty, whatever they say. But so Ricky decides he's going to take his relief on the other side, right where the ball rolled over and went in. So it's kind of just a very narrow spot he could drop on. He drops, and because of the apron, it's it rolls down twice. His caddy catches it. So when that happens, you get to place the ball. He places the ball. The ball comes to rest. That means the ball is in play once it comes to rest. Ricky gets up to go examine his next chip, and as he's up surveying the green, the ball actually rolls into the water again. And this is when all hell breaks loose. No one has any idea what he's hitting, what to do there. Does he get to replace it? Which we'll talk about why he should have just gotten to replace it with no penalty. Does he get to replace it? Is it another penalty? Does he get to have free relief there? What's the deal? So no one knows. He calls in um, Slugger, the PGA Tour head official Slugger. He's got a great name. Great golf name. Really makes it hard to get angry at him. That might have helped Fowler. But Slugger says, yep, it's a penalty. And Ricky knows right away it's probably going to be a penalty. 
So, but this is just a testament to his toughness. He never gets frustrated. He just gets ready to play the next shot. He plays the next shot. No one knows what he's putting for. In the end, he buries a 12-footer for triple bogey, which I think was the biggest part of the tournament. Simply, he won by two, but it also gave him a stress-free chip, a stress-free up and down on 18, which, as a golfer, as you know, there is nothing better than knowing that you have you don't have to get up and down on 18 to win. You, you've done it all because that would have been a stressful chip for him. But because he buries the 12-foot triple, he gets to – he wins the tournament by two, stress-free down 18. Well, not stress-free down 18. We'll talk about that too. But as far as the ruling goes, people are really quick to jump on the USGA saying this rule is stupid, this is dumb, and I think it is dumb. And it needs to be addressed. However, I don't know if there's a single time that it has happened in this way where it affected someone so much and where they basically charged Ricky Fowler with two penalty strokes for hitting the ball in the water once. So if the USGA wants to stop any of the narrative that people already slammed them, I'm not a USGA fan, but in this case, how could they have seen this coming? The best thing to do would be the best thing to do would have been to Monday say the rule has changed we've changed it and just push it through right away that would have been the best thing to do but they're not going to do it I bet they don't change the rule they're just crazy the USGA that's for another podcast another debate how probably U.S. Open Week we'll talk about just how easily the USGA can ruin the rounds of golf tournament golf PGA Tour golf international golf they try and ruin it all but. What you did, what the USGA did by making that rule is that in Ricky Fowler's situation, he chips into the water, he places it, it happens to roll down, Nothing. he didn't make it roll down, no one made it roll down back into the water, and they gave him another penalty as though he had hit the ball in the water again. But he didn't hit the ball in the water again. So they slammed Ricky with a double penalty. Crazy. I want to see it change, but I don't think it's going to be. But that's besides the point. Because Ricky buries the triple bogey, fights the rest of the way down the back nine. He doesn't even have his best game. I mean, he he looked a little scrambled, not as composed as normal, which who would be? But he was doing, he did everything he needed to down the stretch to win. He had a great chip on the 16th hole where, I mean... The nerves have to be high. We all know about the 16th hole at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. It gets the most attention of anything. Every year they talk about how rowdy the fans are, how crazy it is. Everybody's getting drunk. I think it's time to cut that narrative. We all know it's crazy. We all know everyone's drunk. Just let them go be crazy and drunk. You don't need to show it as often as they do. I'm fine with showing it like Monday through Wednesday when there's not really content going on. But when people are playing, show the 16th hole. Get rid of the decibel meter. No one fucking cares about how many decibels the 16th hole has gotten to. I have never thought in decibels. I think, oh, shit, that's loud. That's all you think. You don't need the decibel meter. And the old commentators have to quit talking about it every time anybody hits a shot. Because it gets redundant. It gets annoying. It almost takes away from the tournament. But either way, Ricky has a great chip on 16, and he hits the drive of his life on 17. Now, 
golfers, especially PGA Tour golfers, when they have the kind of trauma that Ricky Fowler has had in the 17th, there's no way to get that out of your head when you step up to do it again. I mean, you can see it with Spieth on the 12th at the Masters. He just he can't get over that hump since he blew up. And that's how Ricky is with 17, except on Sunday he did. He slaps a drive, perfect little draw, a little close to the, little close to taking that slope because that slope will get you on the green. It'll get it to the left into the water, much like we saw in 16. He had a perfect drive that just ran a little too far, but this one stays on the green. He's putting for eagle, and to me, that's when he won the tournament because he two putts for birdie there, gets the lead back to two strokes. Steps up to 18. Now, 18 is a scary tee shot, too. It's a forced carry, depending on where you want to take it. Ricky, being the aggressive player that he is, which I love, I think he plays the best when he plays aggressive and when he's true to who he is, which is someone who's not afraid to take a risk but isn't going to play stupid. So he takes a moderately risky line. I don't think he catches all of it. Just barely clears the water and lands in the church pew bunkers, but in the middle where the grass is, it's very long. He draws a favorable lie, but I don't think he would have lost if he hadn't drew a favorable lie. He chops it out, just a smart punch shot, and then he has a chip and two putts to win. So all in all, Ricky just showed that I think he's ready to move on. And I, I mean, guys win, and people want to talk about they're going to start winning a ton. It's a little bit shocking, but first off, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, pretty solid field for this early in the year. Some guys don't like to go to it because of the noise, because of the rowdiness, where it fits on the schedule, but there were good players there. You had Phil Mickelson, John Rahm, Hideki Matsuyama, who's only won the thing three times in a row. Um, You got... Xander Shoffley, who has won twice this year. Matt Kuchar, who has won twice this year. Gary Woodland, who just came off a great week. All kinds of great players. You got Justin Thomas there, hottest player in golf. Bubba Watson, who always plays well there. Such a strong field for this early in the season. And Ricky went in there and got it done, so I give him all the props for that. So on the international side of things, the European Tour had the tournament in Saudi Arabia, which the play didn't get a lot of the talk. There were many, a lot of stories besides the play, which is pretty, uh, what should I say? It's pretty appropriate because Dustin Johnson wins the tournament. That guy strictly wins. He is one of the best golfers of all time, and he doesn't get nearly enough credit because he's so cool with it. He's smooth. He's quiet, keeps to himself. He just fucking wins. And that's what he went and did in Saudi Arabia. Unfortunately, we've got other narratives that overshadow that. I don't think Dustin Johnson's going to care the least that nobody's really talking about his win. But I would watch out for Dustin at the Masters because... If he gets to playing well, he, Dustin Johnson's a player who can get real hot real quick. And I think we all got robbed in 2017 when he had won three times in Hawaii. And he was he was going to win the Masters, I thought. I thought he was a no-brainer pick. He falls in the rental house, hurts his back. 